Welcome to the Bread and Circuses Podcast, brought to you by Digital Pizza, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns, and enjoy this shit show. back once again bread and circuses podcast i am rooster here with my friend the proud warrior for the ma- the patriarchy crow hello <laughs> how's it going pretty good pretty good i like that intro you liked it yeah, made me feel really awesome that's why, I did, <laughs> that's why i did yell i was gonna say matriarchy because i wasn't sure how you were identifying today oh you know i didn't even actually hear what you said it just i heard something proud i'm like proud gonna... proud warrior for the patriarchy okay good good <laughs> Like I said, I was going to go with matriarchy. If you were to said, uh, you know, a proud black woman, I would have had to change my whole intro again. I would have gone with media influencer, but uh, <laughs> no one already accused Matt Christensen of that. So, all right, all right. So I have a full slate of stuff for us to talk about today. But first, I want to I want to say something controversial that I know you're going to disagree with. But let me change your mind a little, okay? All right, Crowder. I'm a hundred percent in on the reparations thing. Yeah, that is controversial. Okay, but hear me out. I I came up with some reparations that I believe are fair. Right? Okay. You ready? Well, wait. So, what's the standard for reparations? What are people saying they want for reparations? For people that are listening that maybe don't even know what we're talking about. It. If you're listening to this and you don't really know what the word reparations means, I don't know if we can help in a you. Political sense here, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's uh. A lot of black act- activists, Al Sharpton especially, Jesse Jackson, that type, they're really pushing for uh, slavery reparations. In other words, that generations of black people have been harmed so badly by things that happened 200 years ago that we have to – the government somehow has to step in and make it even. And yeah. all of the Democratic because, uh, they all were, the Democratic candidates are on board with it. And they were promised after the Civil War 40, mule, 40 uh, acres and a mule. Did they not get that? They did not. Oh, wow. So the equivalent plus inflation of 40 acres and a mule is what we owe every black person, regardless of whether or not they have a a line, a history line showing that their forefathers were slaves. It doesn't matter. So you asked what uh, I believe reparations, what qualifies you for it? Self-identifies black. Oh. Yes. I like you. Mm-hmm. See, that's my thing. That's my that's my olive branch I'm extending here. Yeah. You know? So Rachel Dolezal. Absolutely in. She's in. She um, feels black. Sean King. No, because he's a fucking liar. <laughs> he's a piece of shit. He doesn't get anything. Yeah, but he has a nice, he, he has he a gets nice a, thin little mustache. He gets a beating. What do, what do they call him? Talcum X now? Talcum X. <laughs> that is so funny. He's, he's more white skin than I am. Isn't his and last white. Isn't his last name white? I don't know. Well, he goes by Sean King. Oh, okay. I was thinking Sean White, the uh, snowboarder. Oh, so snowboarder. Snowboarder, skateboarder. You know what the difference is? Nothing. I don't. It's just time of the year. Okay, so these are reparations. Anyone who feels hurt by slavery in the past. So if your family moved here from, uh, you know, the Ivory Coast two years ago, hey, you're still on board for reparations. Yeah. Okay? Because... Because uh, the Western world pillaged 
uh, the best and brightest from Africa. That's that's why Africa is a shit show now, you know. Well, it would be Wakanda. Well, yeah. Otherwise, if we had, I mean, well, and the white people stole all of our uranium. <laughs> we just got it stockpiled. Yeah, you know we're using that shit to <laughs> launch UFOs and stuff in outer space. All right, so here we go. Free mentoring of all teenage girls by Anthony Weiner. Okay. Only Anthony Weiner. Well, I mean, he's in charge of it. Okay, because he he probably have to he's, handpick some more. He's uh, gonna mentors. need he's gonna need their phone numbers. Just, of course, yeah, yeah. He'll handpick the ones the personal, yep, personal pick. You uh, mean Carlos Danger, by the way? Yeah, Carlos Danger. Isn't that what he went by? That's what he went by online yeah. when he when he was macking when he was macking on the little girls. Yeah, Carlos Danger, like 13, 14 year old yeah, girls. Yep. Oh yep, wow. Yep. Um, uh, free lifetime back rubs from Joe Biden. Does it include the hair sniffing, or is that optional? Yeah, an occasional. It has to include some hair sniffing. Occasional, uh, occasional knee padding. That's male and female, right? And awkward whispering. If I okay, yeah, okay. What if you're bald headed? Does he lick your head? <laughs> sure. Okay. If you want to, okay. I'm, I'm in then. You want to go I'm that in. far? Yep. Wow, you're really leaning in on this, aren't mm-hmm. you? I'm I'm really digging it. Okay. Uh, I'm probably going to lose you on a couple of these. So I have Wiki up to explain some of them. Uh, Kareen Brown handles your taxes. Remind me again who she is. She is a, hang on, got it right here. Uh, she is a former congresswoman from Florida, I believe. Democrat from Florida was convicted on 18 felony counts of wire and tax fraud, conspiracy and lying to federal investigators and corruption and other corruption charges. So they didn't get it for a lot, you know, just. Yeah, but she got caught, so I don't know if I really want her in charge. We, we, we might have a, a difference of opinion on who should be doing that. Someone someone who got away with it, I'd rather have doing it. I think she probably got away with it. I think she's probably. Mostly. Did she didn't spend any jail time or have to reimburse anybody? Um, I think she, well, here, that's my next one. Laura Richardson provides HR services for all businesses. And again, Laura Richardson. Democrat from California found guilty of seven counts of violating U.S. House rules by improperly using her staff to campaign for her, destroying the evidence, and tampering with witness testimony. The House Ethics Committee ordered Richardson to pay $10,000 in fines. Doesn't Klobuchar do the same thing? Doesn't she get her staff to do campaign shit for her? I don't know, but she eats her salad with a comb. (laughs) (laughs) That makes her staff rinse it off. Yeah, she just hands it to him and goes, clean this. Yeah. You know, everybody knows. After eating with it, but not before eating with it. (laughs) Everybody knows. If you don't have a salad fork, you don't use a comb. You just get in there with your hands, man. You got to commit when it comes to eating that salad. Except for arugula. I don't touch that with my hands. That's gross. Arugula. You'd you'd know it if you saw it. It's that super spiky green leafy stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tastes like dirt. William Jefferson will do your banking. That's not William Jefferson Clinton. Hang on, I got him here. There's a long list of these people. William Jefferson, Democrat from Louisiana, was charged in August 2005 after the FBI seized $90,000 in cash from his home freezer. He was elected to the House in 2006 and lost in 2008. He was convicted November 13, 2009, on 11 counts of bribery and sentenced to 13 years in prison. His uh, chief of staff, Brett Pfeffer, 
P-F-E-F-F-E-R, was sentenced to 84 months for bribery. 2006. I could have kept going Well, yeah, this is the reason why we need prison reform. These poor fellas, they really don't need to be in prison for that. I know. We need prison reform. I mean, the man kind of got him in that position to have to do that in the first place. And look, if you're going to have $90,000 in cash, you don't put it in your freezer. That's the first place the FBI is going to look. Yeah, I bet they planted it. Yeah, probably so. So these poor guys, they need to be out. Yeah. You get, I mean, you got to keister stash that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you do. Um, Anyway, my point is you can go on and on and on about this. And yes, on this list has plenty of Republicans who've been busted for stuff too. And, you know, what's my point? My point is not that. Democrats just commit crime. I'd say this is a 60-40 mix, Democrats versus Republicans. But I just don't want the government doing any of this shit. They're a bunch of corrupt, lying sons of bitches and thinking they're going to get reparations worked out. All it's going to be is a financial penalty to people who didn't do anything wrong for people who haven't suffered. Right. It's, it's, it's impossible to legitimately work it out, like logistically to work it out, how it work. It's it's all uh, flowery words, but when it comes down to if they were actually going to try to work it out, can you imagine all AOC and and all these fuckers sitting around a table and Bernie uh, t- talking about how it's going to be implemented? They they'd never figure it out. Well, they, they would be at odds on every bit of it because it doesn't make any sense in the in the first place. I can't remember who brought this up. I think it was either PJ O'Rourke or Dennis Miller. So I don't. It wasn't my thought, but the point was we're going to attribute, you know, large conspiratorial things like the government keeping the black man down, systematic racism and all this stuff to come to a an entity that can't get you your mail on time and can't get your license figured out at the fucking DMV. You know, I mean, seriously, go to the DMV, try and get your car title, something like that. Try and do any of that stuff. That's those people are generally terrible at their jobs. They hate being there, and you can't fire them. I mean, those are the those are the kinds of people who are going to be in charge of executing this stuff. One of the largest transfers of wealth the world has ever seen, and we're going to give it to C plus level civic employees who've been in a job for twenty years. They hate and are not qualified for. You don't take it this at all seriously, like like they'd even attempt to really implement it. This is just uh, election talk. I mean, there's no way when it came down to it that they'd actually attempt to get this, you know, through some sort of uh, committee. I think what they will do, because it's been brought up, this is not me looking into a crystal ball or anything. I think, and that was uh, Kamala, Cam, Kamala, what's she not? Kamala. What, what does she go by now? Or Kamala, you're right. It is Kamala. Yeah, I yeah. can't. I can never tell. She said, uh, you know, maybe in the form of low interest loans or something like that. Okay, then reparations has already happened. We've got uh, affirmative action. We've got all kinds of uh, opportunities for brown people, quote unquote. Um, all kinds of uh, programs that are specifically for minorities. Uh, okay, reparations already happened. It's already here. Been there, done that. See, here's my plan. You want to hear what it is? I thought we just heard your plan. No. that My real plan. Okay. Okay. We take Washington, Oregon, and California. Okay? That just belongs to... That belongs to all the brown people. They can just move there. 
Okay. The because as long as you're not white, you get along, right? Is that how it works? Exactly. Okay. The white people mm-hmm. go to like New England. Okay, because that's where the highest concentration of them is anyway, according to news. It, other than like Iowa, Minnesota, range, or whatever. And then everybody else who just doesn't have a problem with this stuff can live in the rest of the country. And let's just see who gets their shit together first. Hmm. A little social experiment. It would be interesting. Mm-hmm. And before you say, well, you're arguing for segregation. The Democrats are doing that right now. Yeah. So you're there are saying- leftists on campus saying we need to segregate dorms. They're actively arguing for segregation. Yeah. So I just say, let's let them do it. And like, I think you had brought up before and we mentioned on a podcast, you know, in areas like Ferguson, where they say it's a high uh, concentration of black people and of the 48 police in the uh, or 50 police in the police force, only two of them are black. And I remember you saying this before. If that's the case, then let's just take the white cops out. If if that would fix everything, let's take the white cops out. Yeah. See what happens. I'm not saying black people are inferior cops. That's not what I'm saying. Just well, saying you would. Here's the thing: what would happen? You'd get inferior inferior cops stepping in. You would get there would the reason they don't have more black cops is that a the blacks aren't applying, and b the quality of the applicants is not there. They can't. They're they're not good enough, the ones that apply aren't good enough to supplant the white cops if there is even any that are doing that. If they got said, okay, we're no more white cops, you're, you're out of here, eventually the crime would get so bad you'd either have like a like a, um, a little warlord situation brewing <laughs> where the um, he'd be the authority and they'd, they'd just be having civilians act like cops. Or the cops, the the standards would lower, be lowered so much that the people that they would get as cops would be no better than common criminals anyway. <laughs> so they'd be like a gang of cops. <laughs> Jeez, for a black bird who identifies as a black lesbian woman, mm-hmm. I'm surprised you think black people would make inferior cops. I did not say that. Oh, I'm putting words in your mouth. Okay. I'm Joe Bidening you. I'm saying the ones that apply because of the stigma against working for the man or as the man keeps... Anybody who has any kind of intelligence or, or any ability to work as a police officer, they would go, well, fuck that. I'm not doing that. That's, it's a thankless job. Hardly get paid anything. And I get called all kinds of names. I get called an Uncle Tom. I get called whatever. Uh, it's not worth it for me. So anybody who has any kind of ability to to function in that capacity is smart enough to know, yeah, it's, it's I'm not doing that. What was that... Uh precinct or whatever that was blockaded in Minneapolis after the Jamar Clark shooting. Was it was that the third or the fifth? I can't remember. I can't remember. So it, there was that video on YouTube of uh, them, them basically blockading that they had a sit-in around that precinct for, I don't know, like a month, didn't they? Yeah. And they were throwing stuff over the fence at the police cars and everything. I mean, thousands of dollars damage. There was one point, though, where there was a line of cops standing there, and one of them is a is a black cop. And these black people are just like screaming at him and spitting on him and calling him all sorts of names. And, and you know what's funny about that too? Not funny, but annoying is all the cops, they wouldn't allow the police chief or the mayor wouldn't allow the cops to wear riot gear. Yeah. So he's putting him in danger. She at the time. Yeah. Bit, uh, yeah, yeah that's right. Betsy and, Hodges. And there was incidences of like in that area, wasn't there incidences of, of cops getting hurt by getting debris and stuff thrown at their heads? 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know about that. It wouldn't I, surprise I, I me. I remember that, or I remember maybe throwing something off the top of an overpass. I know there were a lot of cop cars damaged yeah. by that. But my point is, why, if you were an intelligent, self-respecting black person, would you want to put yourself in that situation? You know, right. It's kind of a no-win situation for yeah. them. And and they they know they know that. That's why you don't get more black cops in those areas because they would be so disrespected by by the community that they're supposed to be policing, that it would be, I mean, it would be, the stress level would be off the charts. I saw a, uh, like, I like watching that show Live PD, and there was a black woman who got pulled over by a black cop, and she goes, this because I'm black, right? And he stopped, and he looked at her, and he said, no, I'm not, he goes, I'm not playing this game. He goes, I'm not doing this. Yeah. And he had her, like, standing I mean, her back was to it, but he had her leaning against the back of her car. And she's just like, hurry up, write the ticket. I need to get going. He's like, what? And she said, yeah, it's because I'm black. I get it. He's like, no, it's because you sped. You ran a light. And then her, she was apparently close to home because her parents walked up. And her mom was like, what's she saying to you kind of thing? And really? she's talking to you like that. And the officer, Yeah. And she was just... He should have he played into the game and go... She was said, hurry up and get this done. He goes, no, 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 no. I'm on color, colored people time now. It's going to take a while. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> so, Hansy Joe is in... Creepy Joe Biden. Yeah, the least... Uh, the worst kept secret in the history of the world. Next to the end of Avengers, which is... Oh, we can't do that here? No, can't do any any Avengers talk. I haven't seen it yet, so. Uh, yeah, so he's like the number twenty. I think the twentieth person. I think he's actually like twenty. Well, twenty one because there was somebody else who jumped in. There was he had two on either side of him. Okay, yeah, I remember just what two, a couple years ago they were laughing at the Republicans for having like sixteen. I think. I think the Republicans got up to nineteen. Did they? Yeah. Okay. And uh, now that now they're doing. They're trying to one up that clown show. So, good, oh, there's going to be good on them too. And I think, I think the main reason they do it, most of these people know they're never going to win. I mean, like uh, Kamala Harris uh, believes she can. Uh, Beto believes he can. Joe believes he can. Bernie certainly believes that. But I think some of these other ones are just in it for fundraising. Yeah. And the sad part is that Elizabeth Warren actually thinks she can, and everybody hates that woman. Yeah. I'm surprised. Uh, if you watch that video of her and her husband, I mean, I almost think her husband's had too much of her. <laughs> oh, she's in the kitchen. Yeah. With I'm going to get me a beer. Would you like one? He's like, fuck off. <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> I don't think I'll have a beer. So Biden announced today by doing putting out a, uh, a little video. And we're going to play a little bit of it. It's about it's about a three and a half minute video. We're only, only going to play like the first minute of it. But uh, Is this the part where we... See who can who throws up first. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You might hear a little dry heaving in the background. Here we go. Charlottesville, Virginia, is home to the author of one of the great documents in human history. We know it by heart. We hold these truths to be self-evident: that all men are created equal, endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights. We've heard it so often; it's almost a cliche, but it's who we are. We haven't always lived up to these ideals. Jefferson himself didn't, but we have never before walked away from them. Charlottesville is also home to a defining moment for this nation in the last few years. 
It was there on August of 2017 we saw Klansmen and white supremacists and neo-Nazis come out in the open. Their crazed faces, illuminated by torches, veins bulging, and burying the fangs of racism, <laughs> chanting the same anti-Semitic bile heard across Europe in the 30s. And they were met by a courageous group of Americans. And a violent clash ensued. Courageous. And a brave young woman lost her life. And that's when we heard the words of the President of the United States that stunned the world and shocked the conscience of this nation. He said there were, quote, some very fine people on both sides. Very fine people on both sides? With those words, the President of the United States assigned a moral equivalence between those spreading hate and those of the courage to stand against it. Right, enough. Enough already. Joe, you know, with Joe here lately, not lately, but it's always um, racial shit with him here lately. Did you hear what um, Rush Limbaugh started calling him? No. Plugs. Oh, yeah. It's a cheap well, shot, but it's fine. And he's got that Joker face, too. People make fun of him because he didn't smile at all in this video. Uh, can he? Oh, yeah. He looks really, he looks demented when he smiles. It's His a people face call almost him, looks like it's going to. People call him Joker. When he smiles, because he's got that look. Yeah, like that Jack Nicholson Joker, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, the bringing up Charlottesville is bullshit in itself, because the amount of white supremacists that showed up at that was just very, very small. And the when he goes, veins bulging, faces of this, that, and the other, and you look at the video that he's posting... It's like these mild-mannered-looking dudes wearing polo shirts and, and khakis. Now, I'm not saying that they're not Nazis. Some of them probably were. Uh, or I shouldn't say probably. Some were Nazis because the event was – it was Unite the Right event, and it was put on by, a, like, a, a white supremacist nationalist kind of guy. And most of the people that were that were invited and show, that showed up to it didn't realize that that's what it was, that he was – that he. I mean, some people found out and said, oh, we're not going to that. We're not associated with that. But – but a decent amount of people that did show up there didn't have any clue that this guy was was behind it. This just kind of white supremacist guy. Was he behind it? Was he, the guy he was one of the organizers. I can't remember his name. Well, and the funny thing was, during the day there wasn't a whole. I mean, there was a lot of clashing between you know right and left sort of party, yeah. Antifa and the right and everything. But uh, the Nazis didn't show up until like that night. Yeah, the real rabid ones. Uh, started showing up and with their Nazi flags and yeah, the and, ones who were doing saying the... Jews will not replace us or divide us, whatever the hell it was. Yeah. I mean, they those guys legitimately were creeps that were basically they were co-opting kind of the sentiment at the time of right. people that were fed up with like the getting rid of the Confederate statues and all that. That's kind of what, and so they thought it was a good time. Oh, we're gonna infl we're gonna you know put ourselves within this, make ourselves seem like we're a bigger deal than we are, and that's pretty. And they were able to do that successfully at that you know yeah. so so the left and the democrats saw that and they're like oh look at all these nazis and it's like seriously most of those people there did had no clue that that's what the uh, organizer one of the organizers was all about they what was called unite the right wasn't it yeah they thought it was just a fairly they thought it was like term. the regular protest that you've been seeing with uh the proud boys and with uh the three percenters and what's the guy the the patriot prayer those guys yeah patriot prayer is the non the yeah. uh, the they're the peaceniks, aren't they? Yeah, but that's who's, what, the, who's the one who shows up with? Uh, 
It's I, Patriot something. It shows up with like yeah, AR-15s and stuff. I can't remember. But the thing is, that's what most people thought it was. So when Trump says there were good people on both sides, he wasn't talking about the the actual Nazis. He actually well, even said that. Here's exactly saying, what he okay, says. Yeah, say the quote that, okay, that, so that Biden uh, did, conveniently didn't finish. This is about a minute long here. So this is Trump. Excuse me. They didn't put themselves down as neo-Nazis. Uh, and you had some very bad people in that group. But you also had some people that were very fine people on both sides. You had people in that group, excuse me, excuse me, I saw the same pictures as you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue, and the remaining, uh, and the remain, remain, renaming, sorry, this is sort of blocked out, of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. Reporter says, George Washington and Robert E. Lee are not the same. Trump says, oh, no, George Washington was a slave owner. Uh, George Washington was a slave owner. So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down, excuse me, are we going to take down, are we going to take down statues of George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down his statue? He was a major slave owner. Are we going to take down his statue? You know what? It's fine. You're changing history. You're changing culture. And you had people... And I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white supremacists because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people on that group other than the neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. Now, in the other group also, you had fine people, but you also had some troublemakers. And you see them come with the black outfits and with the helmets and with the baseball bats. You had a lot of bad people in the other group, too. You know, he actually explained that way better than he I did. did. And they cut that son of a bitch up and they pieced it all together to say something totally different. And it's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I forgot. I forgot that he actually answered that so well. I mean, I wish I would have just had you read that before I tried to explain what was happening because it sounds much better. He uh, but, you know, CNN will keep telling you he didn't condemn neo-Nazis well, and white nationals. He just did it right there. And then what did, what did Biden call Antifa? Here, um, some heroic Americans. Yeah, heroic Americans showed up to fight against the Nazis. No, fight against hate. I, these fucking Antifa are are fucking turds. They are they're a lot of them are racist themselves. Uh, if you see Tim Pool covers this, you know we can't have a podcast lately without bringing up Tim Pool. But he talks about how when he goes to these protests and you see the Antifa, how they treat um, any any uh, anybody who is not on their side, whatever color. They'll, they'll call them names. They'll call them any racial name in the book. They'll call black people all kind, every name in the book. They'll call Asian people every name in the book. Hispanic people doesn't matter. If you're not with them ideologically, if you're not, uh, wearing the masks and, and, uh, and talking about socialism, then you're an enemy and, and they don't care about, uh, uh, coming across as not racist because it doesn't, anything's a fair game for them. And they, they were getting, they had cover from the media too. That's why they did it a lot too. Did you see that one video of the guy in Boston yelling back at him from across the park? It was some serious troll. He was like kind of trolling. Him it was yeah. his trash talk game was good. Yeah, it was good. But these antifa, we've talked about this in the past. These antifa are just fucking cowards. They cover their faces. They safety in numbers. If one of them, like a good example is um, um, the bike lock guy, uh, Clanton, the professor that. Jack the guy over the top of the head with a baseball lock or baseball 
uh, not a baseball, like lock. lock. The guy was on his knees with his hands up, and he came from from within the Antifa crowd, cracked the guy over the skull, uh, split it open, and then melded back into the crowd and was and they covered for him. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. They basically let him slink off and wouldn't let anybody, you know, in the ranks. And that happened. That's not just the only incident that you see countless times where, like, I think Lawrence Southern was one, and there was another female. Can't remember which commentator it was that had gotten assaulted by a guy. The guy actually like punched her or punched her camera, and and then kind of like went into the crowd. And then the women that were part of the antifa, like they weren't antifa, but they were like supporters closed ranks, let him kind of meld into it, and then kind of like got in the woman's face and goes, oh, no, no, we get you. We understand. How do you feel now? How do you feel? She's like, I want you to grab that guy. He assaulted me. No, no, let's talk about you. Are you okay? Yeah. You know, basically covering for this fucking guy. That's what they do. It's yeah. disgusting. I hate these. I hate him. I'm, I'm picking up that vibe. Yeah. Yeah, um, they're, not, they're not brave Americans. They go there to start shit. And these these uh, these uh, neo Nazis that showed up at Charlottesville, they're fucking assholes too. They're pieces of shit. They inf- infiltrated to act like big tough guys, like they had a bigger support network than they really do, because they knew the optics of it would be like, hey, you know, if we look powerful, it'll help our recruit- recruitment and all that. Well, you know, it didn't really help assholes. Yeah, um, it, it actually just hurt everybody, everybody else that you fucking uh, uh, ingratiated yourself into. I. And I got nothing to back this up, but I remember reading somewhere the FBI's number on what they really think is the number of neo-Nazis in the country, like neo-Nazi cells and all that. And it was something like 2,500 people. I think you're, I think you're right. It's really small. Yeah. And I may be wrong on that number, but I'm not, it's not 25,000. Right. Um, But I, that's the number that sticks in my head. Well, then Biden, I mean. This might sound petty to people, but when Biden uh, brings up the girl that was killed at Charlottesville that got hit by the car and died, uh, uh, and this she was brave, this brave girl, brave woman. Uh, I- I'm sorry, wrong place, wrong time. Right, I'm. She's a victim. I feel horrible that that happened yeah, to her. Absolutely. But what makes her that situation of her brave getting hit by a car accident? And I'm calling it an accident. It was an accidental hit hit by a car. Uh, he was basically this driver, this schlub was intimidated and and feared for his life, stepped on the gas and ran into a bunch of people. I don't his intention wasn't to fucking kill people that day. Yeah, and like you were saying, he should get he should get manslaughter. I, if I was on the jury and I saw what happened, I'd be like, Jesus guy, this this guy was terror it was in, in fear of his life, but he still shouldn't have hit the gas. No. And he I would call that manslaughter. He would have got like a year or two in, in jail and then would have been on probation and all that kind of stuff. He, you know and that's what he deserved. But they gave him like multiple life sentences. For yeah, because they said it was this like was premeditated murder. Yeah, which, and that's just nonsense. That yeah, so, I mean, you hate to defend the guy because you do. But but then you look at it and you go, God, I feel sorry for. Him. I heard more about this poor guy. He was kind of a social outcast, looking for somebody to fit in with. He his he just bought that car he was driving. It was like his kind of pride and joy. So he shows up there to meet people, meet friends, and gets kind of sucked into the whole atmosphere thing. And then he goes like everybody else that were, was part of that were trying to get out of there all the uh, the non-white nationalists the ones that were like oh shit and tried to get out of there when the violence was erupting and were getting stalked and harassed and beaten by Antifa as they were trying to leave and then people were following them to their cars and parking garages and beating them there's video of this and then when they leave their car they were smashing their cars and that's the same thing that happened to him he actually got together with two other people he's like hey I got a car come with me 
and we'll get out of here. And you know, got in his car and the same shit happened. They start breaking his taillights. They start, and there was, there was people on the left, Antifa with guns. It's on video. Yeah. And there was a professor that was on top of a car, not a couple blocks away, calling for other people to stand up to these neo-Nazi racists and, and to show them what for, basically. I mean, there's video of this. So, you know, I, I'm not going to get too much into it, but the guy got a raw deal. He, he should have gotten jail time. He should have got punished for what happened, but you can understand how it got to that point. And, and got out of, out of hand without saying this guy intended to kill someone because he didn't. I heard when he was buying the car and he was asking to test drive it, he wanted to know what the best car was for running over white girls in a crowd. Yeah, and that's another thing. If he was intending on killing, if he's a neo-Nazi racist guy, why did he, why did he, well, he didn't target anybody. They said he just ran into the whole crowd and there was a bunch yeah. of people. But is, is that the best thing to do if you think you're going to accidentally take out a white person? If you're a race, I don't, it's just nuts. But I guess there was some sort of text message that he had that was like jokingly talking about, uh, you know, fucking up Nazi or fucking up Antifa or some shit. I can't remember exactly what it was, but they had that as incriminating when it was basically just bravado. Yeah. And it's like, seriously, if I'd have been on that jury, I I would have been like, you fucking assholes. You're, You're falling for the whole, you know, basically shit on white people narrative again, where if you're white, you're guilty. You're a bad guy. Well, aren't you? I mean, I know I feel tremendous white guilt right now. Do you? No. Okay, because I was going to slap you. I was going to slap it right out of you. You can't reach me from there. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was a rant I didn't want to get into, I guess. Nah, it's okay. Well, along the lines of Joe Biden getting into this, there's uh, it, this clown show that they had for the parade of Democratic candidates who were running and all the stuff they'd, they'd want to give away. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, I mean, the one that uh, everyone's talking about is Bernie wanting to uh, um, tax basically, or no, sorry, he wants to, uh, I got off track there. He wants to let felons vote. Yeah, but not former felons. Like Ben Shapiro was saying, look, if you went in, you served your time, you know, you did your eight years, 10 years, whatever it was, then you should be allowed to vote. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. Uh, what I do disagree with is the idea that people who are in prison get to vote. So someone stood up and said, what about the Boston bomber? And, yeah, I want to hear it real quick. Yeah. Well, hang on. Before you okay. get that, I want to talk about, because we'll get back to the Bernie thing, but okay. one of the other bits of crazy was one that uh, Elizabeth Warren can't help vomiting up here. She uh, says her plan highlights cancels $50,000 in debt held by those making less than $100,000, makes all public universities and community colleges tuition-free, invests tens of millions into Pell Grants and HBCUs, I don't know what that is, makes student loan debt dischargeable in bankruptcy, funded by ultra-millionaire tax, a 2% annual levy on families with $50 million or more in wealth, and an additional 1% tax on wealth above a billion dollars. Okay, so... Ultra-millionaires, they're going to be paying for this, I guess, right? Yeah. Okay, well, that makes sense. So give me three minutes to break this down. By three, I probably mean five, but just line by line. Cancels $50,000 in debt of those making less than $100,000. If you are making $100,000, you are in roughly the top 5% of income earners. The median income of a family of four in this country is about fifty-five dollars to $58,000. That's if you take all the households, put them in a line, first or most to least, the one in the middle, 
is going to be making about $55,000 to $58,000. So this idea that if you're making less than $100,000, you're struggling, it's full of shit. You're doing better than two-thirds of the houses households in the country. Uh, makes all public universities and colleges tuition free. What What is something that you didn't have to pay for worth to you? Nothing. We think we're going to make colleges better by by making them free. So uh, I, I heard someone say, I think it was Ben Shapiro say, the one thing college does better than anything else is it sort of selects people out. And if all of a sudden everybody can get into college, then college isn't going to mean anything. Invest tens of billions into Pell Grants. I don't have a problem with Pell Grants. I really don't. Government making money available if you want to use it. But governments don't invest money. Governments spend money. People invest money. So she's full of shit. Make student loan dischargeable in bankruptcy. I 100% agree with that. Really? Because you know what's going to happen then? Banks are going to go, hmm, I don't think you're a good risk. You don't get any money. Yeah. You who couldn't get better than a C- and should probably be, in Adam Kroll's words, cleaning carpets somewhere. We're not giving you any money. So you don't get to go. Now, people will say, well, then they don't get to go to college? Right. They don't get to. Because the bank is saying, just like they do with a home, and they say you're not a good risk, you don't get you don't get our money. So maybe you got to go out and earn it. Maybe you got to do better in school. Maybe you got to do something like that. But what the, about those poor people that have been paying for fifteen years, twenty years, and they're well, just that's another fucked. Thing. What about the people? <laughs> what about the people who went out and worked hard and got a second, sometimes a third job, worked 60, 70, 80 hours a week, and paid their loans off? Yeah. What about that? Fuck them. You know what they should get? Reparations. Yeah. We're back to that again. Okay. Make student loan dischargeable in bankruptcy. I think that's all you have to do, and this will change us. Also, I think government should stop giving other than the Pell Grants. They should stop financial aid. Yeah. Let the colleges handle it because then the colleges will decide if you're good enough to go to that school. Just because you can't get into the school you wanted to get into doesn't mean there's not a school for you that won't say, okay, well, you had a rough time in high school, but we think we think you can teach us something. Because the idea that, you know, one college is the same as every other college is bullshit. Because all these, all these people like Elizabeth Warren, I mean, she lied to get into Harvard. You know? Yeah. So, and she, I mean, she basically tacitly admitted she lied. So she knows it's they're different too. Uh, funded by an ultra-millionaire tax. Here's the thing. Ultra-millionaires can fucking leave if they want to. They can... Move to Switzerland. They can move to the Bahamas. They can put their money wherever the hell they want it. And if you're going to just start taking more of their money, they're not going to sit there and let you do it. No, Rooster. What we do is we penalize them if they leave and we take their money. Okay. Let me just say that even if you were being serious, how do you do it? That's been floated for state statewide. When, when the, how do you when do the it? rich people leave states, they're talking about doing a tax for leaving the state. How? I, you got me. I'm not the one that came up with the idea. You can't. It sounds great, but you can't do it. It's not the government can't legally can't stop legal, you for sure. yeah. from moving. They can't. I mean, all you have to do is take your money and move right. it from but one bank to the other. But they're trying to say we can we can figure out a way to tax the funds that they take out. They can't do it. They're they're not allowed to by the Commerce Clause. They can't do it. So it sounds great when you say it. 
But if you say we're going to tax these ultra millionaires, they're going to leave. Cuomo in uh, New York had just said, hey, I mean, just as little as two months ago. So we better watch it because we're having millionaires leave the state because we're charging them too much. And money. they rely on them. Yes. They pay for everything. They abs- well, let's face it. You can say, you know, the millionaires ought to pay their fair share of tax. They're paying all the taxes. Right. I mean, the millionaires, the top 1% is paying like 30% of the tax in this country. Okay. So then she says, um, and uh, 2% annual levy on families with $50 million or more in wealth and an additional 1% tax on wealth above a billion. We don't have a wealth tax. We have an income tax. The reason we have an income tax is because sometimes, even when you're wealthy, you open businesses, you don't make money. You know, and they say, well, yeah, but we should just tax their wealth anyway. What the fuck are you trying to do? Disincentivize wealth. You're just trying to tell people don't make money. Everybody can be miserable together then. So these suffer in in, uh, in poverty. These people are going to leave. They're going to move to the Caribbean with banks that are more than happy to take their money and sit there and say, fuck you. Yeah. And you can go, well, maybe those banks can't give them a high percentage interest. Well, low percent interest is better than not losing your money. This is just stupid. And it amazes me that the people who think that this won't cause people to leave are the same people who believe if you raise the tax on smoking, it'll stop people from smoking, which they're absolutely right. It will, because that is a, that is a, what's a, what's the psychological term for it? It's like an inverse incentive or something like that. Mm-hmm. So if you cause people pain and discomfort, they will seek to move away from the pain and discomfort. If you charge smokers too much for cigarettes, they will either steal them, find them somewhere else, whatever, start a black market for cigarettes, or they'll stop using them. If you do this to billionaires, they're going to do the same damn thing. And they're paying a shitload of tax. They fund everything. And, you know, this idea that, no, they don't, they hide it all somewhere. Bullshit. Bullshit. If you think that's true, you don't know anything about how taxes work. You're you're stupid, like Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, this is all... All this is... It's just Democrats pandering for votes. I mean, pure and simple. There's nothing altruistic about what they're doing. It's all about getting votes. Everything they're doing is about getting votes. Uh, talking about allowing illegals to get driver's licenses. Uh, not allowing um, states to ask for IDs for voting. Trying to get uh, younger people, 16-year-olds, to be able to vote. Trying to get prisoners to be able to vote. It's all about getting votes, consolidating power. It's not about altruistic this, then making the country better. It's just laser focus on votes. That's it. Well, uh, to finish my Elizabeth Warren thing. Sorry. No, it's okay because you brought up another point I want to get to. Um, the, The idea that, you know, when they talk about like wealth or the pay gap and all that stuff, most people when they bring that up, know it's been debunked and it's just a talking point. They're not that stupid and they don't get it. I honestly believe, and you know me, I'm not big on calling people stupid. I mean, I may say have their, their ideas are stupid. I think Elizabeth Warren is genuinely a stupid person. And what I mean by that is I know she probably has a high IQ, but she's one of these kinds of people who could tell you what wine goes with what cheese but she doesn't know how her fucking mortgage works. She doesn't she she doesn't understand any of this stuff. She doesn't understand what happens when you do this. And if you just said, 
make it dischargeable in bankruptcy. That would change the whole thing. Well, that's why she needs to talk to AOC to figure things out. <laughs> um, on <laughs> Another that, dummy. On that prison thing you brought up, mm-hmm. I I read a statistic, again, can't, can't remember where it was, that you know you think that felons would vote Democrat. And I don't know why people always assume that, just sort of like they assume that black people are going to vote Democrat and everything and women are going to vote Democrat. But there's a high percentage of felons that vote Republican because the Republicans are the ones who generally vote against the more restrictive bills for putting them in prison because they want more liberty, more liberty, less freedom, stuff like that, or more More freedom, freedom. less, less uh, regulation. I mean, that look what the Clintons did. And what Biden got behind, too, and which is going to come up a ton about the... Uh, Super predators? Yeah, the crime bills and everything. Well, let's play this real quick. Uh, this is a clip of Bernie getting asked about uh, felons voting and even terrorists. And then uh, Kamala Harris gets asked the same question, and this is her, his response and her response. Does this mean that you would support enfranchising people like the Boston Marathon bomber, a convicted terrorist and murderer? If somebody commits a serious crime, sexual assault, murder, they're going to be punished. But I think the right to vote is inherent to our democracy. Yes, even for terrible people. People who are in, convicted in prison, like the Boston Marathon bomber, on death row, people who are convicted of sexual assault, they should be able to vote? I think we should have that conversation. <laughs> You know what I want to hear sometime when somebody says that, when they ask that question and someone goes, I think we should have that conversation. Let's go, all right, well, let's we're have it. it. Yeah, we're yeah. in a town hall. Let's have it right now. Murder. Yeah. <laughs> God, I hate Bernie. I hate a lot of people. Um, I don't know how you can have so much hate in your heart. <laughs> um, so he says voting is such an important right. It's such, such an enshrined right that we can't take that away from prisoners. So... Isn't uh, liberty a very important concept when it comes to the rights of, of, of American citizens? We're taking away their ability to roam free and to and to visit people in places that they want to do when they're in prison. Why are, why are we imprisoning them and taking away their right to liberty and to be able to the freedom of movement? You know, why are we taking that away? They need that too. As a matter of fact, they should have the right to bear arms while in prison too. Why do we punish anybody for anything? Yeah, I mean, it only leads to more punishment. You know? I can't believe he was so. What's funny about Bernie is he is so fucking confident in his answers when they're so fucking stupid. When when somebody asks asks him, should prisoners like the Boston bomber be able to vote? You should go. You think a normal person would go? No, like I should never be able to vote. He tried to kill American citizens. No way. But there are certain instances where a felon should be able to vote. That's how he should have answered it. But he's like, no, uh, even if you didn't murder, you should be able to vote. Good enough. All right. Next question. <laughs> That's not bad. Fucking That's not idiot. Bad. <laughs> oh, I fucking hate that guy. You know, I think what they're trying to do is if you're going to win a primary nowadays, you kind of have to outside your side. If you're on the right, you got to get out on the right to get, you know, because the people who vote in the primary are the real motivated people from the party. Same thing with the left. The problem they're having is I think they're going to get so far left they can't get back to the middle. You know, oh, that's a pretty fucking out there it is. stance to take. Well, I mean, if you've got Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon on CNN talking to each other going, ooh, the Boston Bomber? Uh, I mean, yeah. Chris Cuomo literally said 
geez, uh, the problem with doing that is everybody's going to think you're crazy. Yeah. And Don Lemon's like, yeah, no kidding. And you, yes, because you are. You can have a legitimate conversation about having an ex-felon regain rights. So the, the right to bear arms or the, the right to vote, you know, possibly after serving their time and doing the probation and living as an upstanding citizen, we can have that conversation. And depending on what the crime was, right? But I'm not when when they're still serving their sentence, fuck you. That's that's crazy. Well, and on top of that, I mean, that's such a conflict of interest right there. If you've got people who are imprisoned by the state with a say because they were uh, they were accused, tried, and found guilty. If you're going to say that they get to put people, they get to vote to put people in place who would be in their interests, which is getting out of prison. Or or having a cush prison life, maybe yeah. putting a lot of money into making their life in prison so good that they don't want to leave. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's a blatant conflict of interest. You can't do that. You can't have people being punished by the state get to vote as to who just, gets to run the state. I can't believe we're even talking about this. The level of insanity that we're at right now with the left and Democrats, when, when, with what they're talking about, I cannot believe we are at that level right now. I can. Which is a nice segue to our next topic. All right. Okay, so uh, you and I have talked about this, but if you're a Joe Rogan fan at all, you've probably seen this. If you aren't, you should check it out. Joe Rogan had a guy named Adam Conover on his show, who has a TV show on True TV called Adam Ruins Everything. Adam is a diehard, card-carrying, banner-waving SJW from the BuzzFeed College Humor kind of group. Adam Conover has a show, Adam Ruins Everything, where he uses sort of dubious logic to prove a point. And smugness. Yes. Oh, the the smugness is its delicious. There's uh, so much of it. So Rogan has him on, and the reason you need to watch this is there is no better example that I have ever seen this side of AOC. Uh, It may even be a better example of someone who has talked to no one who disagrees with them and has bought into their own bullshit and just wallows in it, right or wrong, has never hung out with anyone who goes, yeah, you're wrong. You're just, I disagree with you. Can never concede a point. Can't. Yep. So he's on Rogan's show talking about several things, about how there are no alpha males and no beta males. That's not real. That's And Joe says, well, but I don't necessarily, or he says, uh, well, first of all, Adam goes, any, not sociologist, um, biologist or whatever will tell you, any biologist will tell you, or uh, what's the, not anthropologist, maybe he's an anthropologist, will tell you that, that that's not true. That's not how our society is structured. And first of all, any of them, you won't find one who disagrees with you. So he says that, and Joe goes, well, I don't think they mean like, in the sense of the animal kingdom. I think they mean like confident males versus sort of shrinking violets kind of thing. And and Adam Conover goes, no, 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 that's not what they mean because that's not the words they're using. And Joe's sort of looking at him like, well, how do you know what they mean when they say it? He's like, because that's what they mean. And he was doing this, and we mentioned being self-conscious. He comes doing this thing, goes, right? Yeah, like right? he'll finish every statement with right. When yeah. he's talking, like, every sentence will be like, right, uh-huh, right. 
And it's like trying to get validation from Joe or from the audience. Which we both realized we do. And, uh, yeah, but not to the degree. No, not to the degree. A lot of did. people do that. I mean, I even did it earlier and noticed it. I will do it when I'm trying to make like a four-point sort of logical argument. And I say, right, as in, are you still with me? You know, I fully expect someone will say, no, you lost me there. And I'll have to go back and explain it. Right is my way of going. But his, the way he get was what I'm doing saying? it was. His was, I'm right. You just, you have to watch the thing. But so Joe pushes back on him. And it's very obvious very quickly that the guy's lost. He's never had anyone push back oh, he on He stammered. Him. He was saying, well, I, I, keep, I, I have to come back to this. I'm no expert in the field. And if I would have had time to, you know, to have the studies and the research. And Joe's like, yeah, can you pull up the study yeah. that we're talking about? So then they get into trans people. Yeah, trans athletes it began with. And, and then, yeah, Adam goes, I think we should live in a world where people can be what they want to be. I'm paraphrasing. And he goes, I think I want to get behind sports where, uh, you know, women compete with women and men compete with men. And we understand that people get to pick their own identity and all. And Joe's like, that's full of shit. He's like, a man who has passed through puberty and had all this testosterone running through their body and they have that muscle structure and everything. You know, different bone structure. The hips are, their center of gravity is lowered there. And not even to go into, he brought up the, uh, the reaction time even. Yeah. Like the, just the. The and, nervous system itself is different. And Adam goes, well, that's not what the studies show. And they're like, yeah, that's – he goes, well, endocrinologists won't tell you. He goes, I've had endocrinologists on this show. That's what they say. He's like, well, I have a friend who's trans. Yeah. And he goes, that, that he yeah. referring to his friend, that that was the authority figure in his book. Because yeah. his friend wrote a book, right? His friend, right? He wrote – she wrote a book, right? I have a friend, right? And she's trans, right? And she, and she wrote, wrote a book, book right? right? <laughs> he, you have to watch this because he's just – he's lost. It looked like – to use you know a, an example Rogan would probably use. It looked like someone getting into a prize fight who was not prepared. Yeah, and his smugness disappears, but he will not concede that he's wrong. He just won't do it. And so uh, there was one point where he was talking about – they get into a whole thing about kids. And kids yeah. should not have hormone therapy. Joe's like, just no, they shouldn't. And – Adam goes, well, I think the, the uh, people should have a right to choose. And Joe says, kids? Kids should choose? He goes, well, no. They're parents. He goes, well, what if they choose wrong? What if these people want to get – he goes, well, there's such a high percentage of suicide. And Joe goes, it, it doesn't change. He goes, people who have surgeries and hormones, uh, hormone adjustments and everything, they actually have a slightly higher percentage of suicide. And he just goes, ah, I don't accept that. And that's, I think that's when Joe went to his, yeah, Joe. Side of the research. Said, yeah. Pull that, pull that up. Pull that well, he did it a couple times. Yeah. So he pulls it up and, and, I mean, Jamie, who usually doesn't even jump in on this stuff, is like, yeah, that's what it says. And, and so then he says, well, I think, you know, you have the right to identify. And Joe says, well, okay. So if, if you just get to pick what you are and we don't have this thing called gender, why are you trying to make yourself into another gender? If the genders don't matter. And there is no really gender. Why don't you just say you're a female and fine, you're good. Stymied. Yeah. And then he goes, well, but there's this thing that people have called body dysmorphia. You know, and he's he's basically saying that now instead of having what they say doesn't exist as a disease, this idea that I'm a woman but you have all male parts, that that's body dysmorphia. And they go, no, 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 that's not body dysmorphia. Because now that would be a mental disorder. Right. But now he's saying – you have body dysmorphia because you want to be that other thing. So they're making it like this. This It's not a disorder that causes you to have a mental issue. 
it's like a symptom of something you can just fix, mm. you know? So it's not, it's not a chronic disease. It's a cold. And if we just give you some vitamin C and a couple of shots, your cold will and go Joe, away. Joe was saying you can't, these, this is a per, these are permanent changes when you do this at an early age, pre, pre pubescence and you put puberty blockers on and all that. This is permanent damage you're doing if they decide, well, uh, I'm changing my mind. You can't change your mind at that point. Well, your body has been altered. And he dis, he said, um, they, sh- they showed, they cited some, uh, statistic on here that showed that most of these men who wanted to, it was something like 60% that wanted to transition and didn't just wind up growing up to be gay men. And not having a problem, like getting, getting over that dysmorphia aspect. Yeah. Uh, and then Adam was trying to say that he was trying to speak for all trans at one point and, and saying, you know, but all trans and this and that. And he goes, no, not all trans. There, there are trans that regret. There are people, are you speaking for the people that regret doing it then and wish they wouldn't have? Yeah. And his answer was sort of like a, well, like they don't matter. Only the people I talk to matter. Yeah. And so why we got to this and the segue is, you say you're not surprised or you're surprised at how far out there these presidential candidates have gotten for the left. It doesn't surprise me because I think more and more they're becoming more insular. They're not talking to people who oppose them in a way that's meant to convince or discuss it with anybody. It's like, you're a racist. You know, you're a sexist. You're a homophobe. And even if you don't say anything, they'll be like, well, you're a white male, so you don't even know. Yeah. And so they're, they're dismissing any arguments to the contrary. So I think when they go to a thing like this and say, yeah, we should just have free college for people and everybody cheers, even the people in the audience when they say, and Elizabeth Warren had one of these, somebody brought up a question. She goes, that's a great question. You know, I think the current president, she goes off on this big thing. She goes, but thank you for bringing that up. And you're like, you didn't even answer the question. Yeah. You didn't like, even try. Just like Harris, we, sh- we should have a, a discussion about that. That's something important we should talk about. Yeah, well, that's what we should do right now. Let's yeah. hear it. What do you got? So, well, we're running up on time here. We didn't even do a, a would you want to do one would you rather before we sign Yeah, let's here. do it. All right. Uh, you know why we didn't? Because we had such good segues. I know. All right. So would you rather get lost in the woods at night having to find your way out or sleep in a cemetery with your best friend? Oh, I do the cemetery. I don't want to be lost in the woods in the dark. Is there penetration? <laughs> Makes a difference. <laughs> if you wake up and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Something's in my keister. Someone's stashed <laughs> something in my keister. You're back to that again. <laughs> uh, I, what did you, what was your answer? Richard? No, uh, I would, I would sleep in the cemetery. Yeah, absolutely. I, getting lost in the woods at night can be dangerous. I mean, the cemetery is like that thing when you're in your basement by yourself and it's dark and you're like, I feel kind of freaked out. Yeah, I mean, but if you're with your friend, it's even less freaky. Yeah. If you're in the woods at night, lost, you can die. Even with a friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they'll shake you. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there can be shit out in the woods. You know, you can fall and get hurt. No one knows where you are. I mean, yeah. yeah. No. That's a dumb question. Well, we'll just do the one there since we're All at right. the end of the show here. Good, because it's dumb. And now I'm angry. <laughs> if you want to get in contact with us. It's rooster at breadandcircusespodcast.com or crow at breadandcircusespodcast.com. And if you have a ridiculous question that's going to make us angry too, go ahead and leave it on the Facebook page. Uh, and that's Bread and Circuses Podcast. See you, bye.